Welcome to Parenting on the Spectrum, hosted by Tony and Tracy Johnson, a married couple who are both mental health professionals as well as parents of a child with special needs. This show will provide information from their personal and professional life experiences to help you on your parenting journey. Welcome to Parenting on the Spectrum. Thank you for joining us for our first episode. And my name is Tracy Johnson. I am a licensed professional counselor with the mental health service provider designation and a doctorate in counseling, education, and supervision. But my other title that I love is I'm a mom. Tony, would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Tony Johnson. Um, I have a master's degree in mental health counseling as well as a bachelor in social work. And I guess I love being a father. (laughs) (laughs) We are here to share with you about our parenting journey. We have a professional background in the mental health field, but the thing that gives us the most experience to talk on this is our own journey. Uh, Tony and I have been married for many, 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 many years, Um, but we were married for 14 years before we decided to start our family. We got married young and we, you know, we said we wanted to wait a minimum of five years and we would kind of check in with each other. You know, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? (laughs) And um, we knew that once we started that parenting journey, That's what we want it to be our priority. So we try to get all our educational and career goals on track before we jumped into the role of being parents. And um, so it happened for us. It took us about a year to get pregnant. And we, you, what would you do with my belly every night? I pray over you. You would pray over. We would uh, do uh, anointing oils. We we just were really trusting and praying for a healthy pregnancy and a healthy child. Um, and we were blessed with our daughter. Now we took this so seriously that when we were coming up with names, I wanted her to have what I thought was my middle name, which was Leah. Um, but I learned when I went into the military, but that was not the name. <laughs> that was not really my middle name, even yeah. though that's what I went on through school with. But I found out that Leah meant weary or sorrow. And I didn't want that for my daughter. So as much as I wanted her to have my middle name, I chucked it. And we settled on Talia as her first name, which means do from heaven. And we took uh, Lauren as her middle name, which is like a crown with glory or something along those lines. So we felt great about the two names we chose for her and what she would represent in our lives. Um, At what point do you think you kind of felt uh, developmentally she wasn't doing the way we wanted her to do? Well, it was hard to say because, I mean... You know, you try not to compare your child to other kids, but you just want them to learn at their own pace. But, 
you know, I mean, there comes a time when you do see other kids that are getting older, her age, doing a little bit more. So then you get a little bit skeptical and wonder what's going on. Yeah, we would be asking the doctors and they use the same saying that, you know, every child develops at a different pace. But when my sister and her family relocated to this area from Michigan and she, my nephew, was six weeks younger than Talia, watching him and his milestones, that was kind of eye-opening for us to see what he was doing and what she wasn't. So I would say neither one of us was in a place of denial about it. We were pretty realistic that we knew something was going on, but we didn't know what. So we even changed doctors because we didn't feel like our doctor was taking it seriously enough. That was a great move on our part. And ultimately, we ended up, um, they said she was developmentally delayed. That was what they said. And for us, a diagnosis wasn't a huge deal. It was about her getting the services that she needed. Early intervention, I know that's what you all hear, but it's really important. The earlier you address it, the better, the better outcomes you have. And so that's what we did with her. And... um, what would you say was our faith journey with this? Oh, man. I don't... <laughs> it was long. It was, we just had to stay strong in faith and, and, and know that God has her as well as us. And I think that was the big part of it, just knowing that, you know, whatever it may be, that we know she is our child and we would do what we need for her. And would you say it deepened? Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You said it got stronger. It it definitely deepened. Now, did I not have moments where I had some questioning as to how did this happen? Um, you know, this is not. You know, we prayed for this pregnancy. We waited. How did we get to this space? But it would just be moments, and I wouldn't let myself linger there. And we were a good support for each right. other because I know there were times where I'd say, hey, I'm, I'm having one of those moments where I'm looking at my baby and I'm feeling kind of dejected or I'm feeling whatever. And we could support each other. And that's one thing that I empathize with. And part of why we wanted to share our story and be there to help others is my single parents. I can't fathom going through this without my partner here. And it's not an easy thing. And if you're single without a great support system doing this, I know it's even harder. And so I've had opportunities where I can help other parents in my community. Um, Somebody may know, like, whether it's through church, through work, whatever. And I definitely enjoy doing that. But I just felt like with our educational background, if we ran into the obstacles that we ran into wow, what are other people facing? And, and you know, regardless of where you live, what your race is, what your economic status is, this journey is tough. And um, for us, I would say that we embraced it in a way that was healthy. And we definitely, I can't say it enough, we never check the box of denial. Um, it took us a while for her to get her full diagnosis. Um, I would say one of the worst experience we had was when we took her for that assessment. I'm not going to name the place where we took her. I'm not going to name them. 
but um, we it was a horrible experience. It they made us wait so long. The testing was it, it was just not a pleasant process. And at the end of the process, they were basically saying that she was uh intellectually disabled is what they the diagnosis they wanted to give her at that time, which at that time it was still MR. And I was like, wait a minute, you can't, you know, and I was looking at what she was doing and the things. And I was like, how can you say that at this age? She wasn't even two yet, but um, that's what they wanted to do. Well, when we got the assessment back, I, I would say I probably read the doctor, the riot act a little bit because the assessment they sent us the access to line where that diagnosis would be, it was blacked out. And I don't think I would have ever known that, except at one point I had to request her records from her primary care doctor and I got to see the full report and it was on that one, but it wasn't on ours. I can't say it was just blacked out, but it, it was not there. They they covered it up. And so that lets you know how the things I must have said to this doctor that when they sent us the report, <laughs> they didn't even put it on there. Now, that's not to say that I don't say today that my daughter does have an intellectual disability because she does. But it was the whole process that tainted it for us. And um, it just wasn't pleasant. As we go on and work with her and get her, there was, we, we went to all kinds of specialists. At one point, she was walking with her arms bent at this awkward angle. And they thought she had this syndrome called Angelman syndrome. We did all that testing. We did all kind of genetic testing. They did say she had a translocated chromosome, which they were like, that could mean something or that could mean nothing. It most likely was the reason for her intellectual disability. But we say all that to say the diagnosis, it matters because as I said on another show earlier this week, it matters for insurance purposes. It matters for educational reasons. But the main thing is to get the services in place and not be in denial about that. What else can you say about learning her? When we finally did get her autism diagnosis, she was probably in somewhere well on in elementary right, school. Right. So what what was it like for you to hear I guess, those you things? know, I mean... No parents really like to hear it, but you do like to know that there is a diagnosis and you know what's going on. But I guess the thing is, is we move on from there. And that's what we did. You know, yeah. we, we wanted to know what she needed. What did we have to do? And because it was all about making sure she was OK. So that to me, that was the most important thing. You know, the diagnosis was the diagnosis. So where do we go from here? And, right. and that's the way I felt about it at the time. So. As we talk about parenting on the spectrum, it's not just about autism. It's a wider spectrum. It's about intellectual disability. It's about a child with epilepsy. It's about whatever diagnosis you're struggling with and trying to make sure you're doing your best as a parent, navigating hospital, medical systems, insurance companies, all of those things, whether you have to learn to get a conservatorship, whether you have to learning your things as parents and being your the best advocate that you can be for your child. We've heard so many times 
we've never done that before. Or why do we need to do that? Or, you know, but it's about you having that voice and using it on behalf of your child and connecting with other professionals when you need to, because sometimes you don't know everything. During the pandemic, I I finally did reach out to one of the disability rights to help us with something we wanted for her to have while we were homeschooling her. So um, use us as a resource and a tool. So there, we want you to ask questions. We want you to comment. You want we want you to just reach out and connect and let us know what it is that you need to know. Because yeah. I, I want to add. Because I think, like you were saying, the thing is not knowing what's out there for that was for Talia to have, and because you, you're you're just learning this for the first time. You don't know what she's able to get or what she needs, and and just like you say, knowing the people to connect with or talking to people to find out what she's able, what we're able to do for her. Right. That's the key. And for those who are new parents and just learning things, that's who we feel we can probably be the most helpful to. But then on the other side of that, as your children become adults and they're no longer in the school system, that's a whole nother journey. So we want to help at whatever age and whatever stage your child is in and make your journey a little less difficult than what we had to go through. So thank you for tuning in to this first episode of Parenting on the Spectrum. Um, We're looking forward to uh, talking with you, sharing with you, and just helping you on your journey as you too parent on the spectrum. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Parenting on the Spectrum. The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the host and do not reflect the views and opinions of any entities they represent or work with currently or in the past. Please email us at parentingonthespectrum1 at gmail.com. That's parenting on the spectrum, the number one at gmail.com. Also, subscribe and please make sure you listen next time.